Hello, everyone. Welcome to Going 19, episode 32. Today, we are covering Firestarter from Stephen King, the first half of Firestarter, up to and including the chapter entitled In the Box. I am Ed. With me are Allie and Amber. Let's start the show. Hello. Hello. So, any initial thoughts? This was a different, definitely a different experience. Like, not quite, I wasn't quite as excited. Like, when we started it, that was probably the most excited. But once I got into it, I was like, oh, I miss Stephen King. It's a nice short book, so it's already flying by. Like, it just feels so comfortable. <laughs> yes, it was very nice going back to Stephen King after the behemoth that was The Witcher. <laughs> yeah, that was no little book. But uh, I love Anne Rice, but it. I gotta say, it's nice to go back to Stephen King. Nice to be back with the King. Yes, yep. and to see him in his early days too. <laughs> that yeah, I think we were we talking about that like before he started doing coke and drinking, and the books got much bigger. Uh, this is like <laughs> this is like classic Stephen King, uh, you know, short to the point, uh, and it's you know. She can like blow up the world, but it's all about the relationships and all that. Uh, yeah, like any Stephen King book. Um, and the the way the story is told is off is, is really cool too. I mean, obviously, you're not gonna have a Stephen King book without a bunch of flashbacks and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the first five pages, like Andy sat back and remembered. I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> And that, yeah, like half of the first part is flashbacks. It's him, it, it, but he kind of had to do that. Well, he started it like a Dean Koontz book where they just, you just like drop in the middle of shit and go. Um, mm -hmm. Like with, because they were chasing him. Although it wasn't as intense as like a Dean Koontz chase, but it, like they were chasing him, the, the shop, but it didn't feel, I don't know, frantic. It just, it just, it, like I, I, there was no point where I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, they're gonna catch him!" Like it's just like, okay. You mean at the beginning? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, was, we also get, get away from these guys so we can find out what's going on. Kind of the way I, I was out. gonna say we had. Yeah. I think if we had known everything, we might have felt a little more frantic because, like, you know, maybe didn't know how close they were or really what was going on. But <laughs> well, yeah, they had mostly been left alone, and I'm not sure I caught all that until. uh recently and i'm not sure what i don't remember do you guys remember what put them on their trail uh i don't remember yeah because they, they know they think they were they've been on the run for 14 months so they had started a life again somewhere it seems like they were living and having a life in new york because oh, he was yeah. making money there yeah, by like doing a pushing thing. people to have confidence but you know, i don't yeah, it didn't seem like a stable situation still, like they had in uh, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. Ohio. Um, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, anybody watched the movie yet? But um, <laughs> aren't we supposed to be doing that together? We are. Right. <laughs> uh, have you seen the first one? No. Uh, no. Okay. Oh, yeah. I knew Amber didn't. I guess we got to watch them both. <laughs> um, 
the the uh okay but the, yeah i was gonna say something but never mind because you guys haven't seen uh the drew barrymore movie and i gotta say that's gonna be hard to top it's one of my favorites Yeah, I should probably so, watch it before we watch the remake. <laughs> I mean, we can. Yeah, how are you? I mean, we can watch them both here. You can uh, watch one before you get here, or watch the original before you get. They're both on. Um, you guys have Peacock. The old yeah. ones on Peacock. Yeah. I don't know if you need Peacock Plus for that. I don't know. It comes with my Comcast, so I don't need. Netflix and Peacock, uh, Comcast, baseball. Um, okay, anyway, sidetracked on that one. Uh, <laughs> Did you notice the, or not notice, but uh, the, uh, I like the in memory of the beginning, Shirley Jackson. I never needed to raise her voice. <laughs> oh, right. Well, there you go. Bill House, lottery. Have you read the lottery? Ooh, that's an awful one. No. They I kill like one Hill House either. <laughs> they kill like one kid a year, and they do like a lottery to decide who it is. Interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of dystopian. <laughs> but she's one of his favorite. Like Charlie Jackson's, like uh, you know, Clive Barker. I only know about right. <laughs> uh, I've never so. I read Hill House a long time ago, and I don't remember much about it, but I haven't. No, not Hill. I read the lottery because it's like a long short story. It's not like a book. Um, and it was pretty, uh, just the whole concept. Like, oh my God. All these people suck and I hate every one of them. <laughs> it's kind of like, lot, though, in Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, it's like Hunger Games. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you doing this? <laughs> um, so, yeah. The, uh, um, I'm leaping through. How did they get away from them in the beginning? Oh, we pushed them. So, so they chase them to the airport. Now, the guy, he goes to Albany. Yeah, kid, do you ever notice how, uh, and I'll see about this when I was reading it. Like, there's people that have powers, I guess you would say, in Stephen King books, because it always seems to be consequences to that. It's never like Andy with his pushing. Well, that I don't think that's inherent to Stephen King because that's like a big thing about in Charm too. Is like there, like you have to, um, you know, if it's not meant for you, then there's going to be consequences. And if it is meant for you, you still have to get control of your emotion to be able to handle them that much power. Yeah, well, that's Charlie's problem. Mm hmm. She's like, yeah, fuck you. And like when she gets mad, man, people burn. <laughs> that scene, oh my God, that scene with the like the face off with the the shop, I love that so much. <laughs> yes, that was so descriptive and horrifying <laughs> and but perfect in all the right ways. <laughs> the one at the farm? Yeah, yeah, the Manders farm. Yeah. How did they underestimate her like so badly? Because because well, she's when a kid. I mean, they just shoot them with a tranquilizer dart and they're done with it. I'm like, well, couldn't they have done that the first time? As far as we know, I don't know how much anyone besides like Cap knew about her power. And even then, they underestimated her. <laughs> they definitely did. Oh, and by the way, uh, do you think the guy is proud 
to be called OJ still? <laughs> well, I, all the lackeys, I was like, was Stephen King hungry when he wrote this? Because they're all like food themed. <laughs> well, I didn't even notice that. Uh, yeah, there's like John Mayo, OJ. There was one other one, I think. Maybe he was eating breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm sure you've noticed the reference to one of my favorite characters. Hawkstutter? Yes. He was, uh, what is he, a psychiatrist now? Like, he's come a long way from the crazy little kid. Well, I don't think... Well, it can't be the same person because he died. Right. It's not, but still, it could be. I guess he liked the name. All things serve to be, remember that. Eh, Alternate timelines. (laughs) There you go. That is terrifying. (laughs) Right, that would be a good story. Patrick Hockstetter hopping across uh, dimensions, killing people. Ooh. I mean, I don't get the impression that like any of the doctors or the people working on these projects are uh, less than sociopathic. <laughs> and what's... Wait, say that again? Meaning Patrick Hockstetter would fit right in as a clinical psychologist and psychotherapist in this story. <laughs> I just yeah. want something... And he was like, he, they, I called him a sociopath. And like, that's not what sociopathic means. And he like freaked out on me. No, but no, but it reminded me of our conversation, how everybody used the word wrong, basically. <laughs> uh, I mean... It was a movie I just watched the other night. And he like kills him because he used sociopath wrong, <laughs> which I'm not <laughs> sure that's irony or uh, the, the <laughs> definition. Um. But yeah, but I forgot what you were saying. Damn it. Um, Say it again, third time's a charm. No, I just said that Patrick Hockstetter would fit right in in this timeline if it uh, as a clinical psychologist. <clears throat> they're all insane. Not clinical psychologists, all the people in the story working on this project. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. They're they're dealing with things that they think that they can control, which they actually have no understanding of, all in the name of what science and patriotism and warfare doing anything for them. And I regard. I kind of think they're doing it because they can. They can call it patriotism, but who do they work for? Like we know almost nothing about these shop people. They're like shady, like. Okay, so they had no problem like kidnapping Charlie because and Andy because they can't do anything with Charlie if Andy's not there. So who else is in this facility? Who else have they like kidnapped? Like a, it's like a like a superhero like Arkham Asylum or something. I mean, that essentially is what they make it sound like. <laughs> I don't think it's a far stretch. I'm not saying it's happening. But I don't think it's a far stretch to believe that, you know, the government, uh, if they're doing experiments, is not going to want these things to get out or, you know, bad things that happen, consequences of the experiments to get out, that there would be some kind of cover up for it. (laughs) Yeah. That's terrifying. And I think, honestly, it's kind of been proven that there have been cover ups in the past. So, (laughs) Um, right. Like 9-11 and the moon landing? Uh, no. Not quite those. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, there. I kind of, and I remember this. I kind of wanted. I was hoping the shop would like be in more books because I wanted to know more about them. They, they, I was very intrigued by them. I mean, to me, yeah. it just feels like government agency that does experiments or something. It's like it's same... like a super CIA. Like remember the right. uh, like, like to me, this smelled like. Stephen King reading about the LSD experiments the CIA was doing. And you're like, oh, can you imagine blah, blah, blah. And, right. You know, let's, let's call them the shop and let's make it an other drug that does crazy shit to people. So uh, I think that's where he got the idea. So it's probably, a, so like, they, I mean, they definitely did that. You ever see Wormwood? Uh, no. It's a, a limited Netflix about a CIA. I got some some guy like jumped out a window and killed himself, but it turned out he was like tripping his face off, and the CIA are the ones that gave it to him or something. So now it was a big cover up. Well, the the documentary on Netflix also about um, like crack cocaine that when it got introduced, doesn't that pretty much like there are people who like say in there they're like, yeah, I got it from government agents. Like, <laughs> yeah, have you seen? Um... What's the show where Snowfall? Nope. Uh, it's about the rise of like crack in LA in the eighties. The the like I don't know the high level city guys. Or maybe that were, is it on is it on Netflix? It's on FX. Oh, okay. No, no. Yeah. I think it's on it's on Hulu. Um you probably like it. It, it uh but they were like the the high level dealers in the in the um neighborhoods i don't know what you call them like the neighborhood kingpins were getting their shit from the cia who was buying it from uh, like pablo escobar right exactly that's what i was referencing when i said proven well yeah, alleged let's say alleged cover-ups <laughs> right i think we're off topic at this point but uh <laughs> the point is I, I definitely believe that there are prop there could probably be government agencies that we don't know about that do stuff like this. <laughs> if there was a shop today, they would be buying coke from something <laughs> and giving it and doing like hypnotic experiments. All right. So what happens when I give them coke and heroin? Ooh, that wasn't good. <laughs> uh, what's with uh, and I feel like Wanless by the way, Doctor Wanless. That name just makes him seem timid and meek to me. Mm -hmm. about yeah. the, just reading his name, I'm like, oh, he seems like a little shriveled little old man or something. Uh, and what's with the shredding the cigarettes? I, yeah, I didn't, it wasn't, it really wasn't hitting with me. I was like, whatever, that must be like a 80s thing. <laughs> well, yeah. Something or like some sort of a tech he developed, which I can picture it. I can, you know, see him doing the action especially like if he's getting into a topic that he's passionate about like shredding it more furiously or something but yeah i mean i just it wasn't necessary first of all they cost too much now to be doing that huh yeah you could uh you could sell them things um i like how all his characters always have their own little thing even like the mind like the who was it the cab driver who was like don't tell me i'll tell you <laughs> yeah like they all have their own little ticks that they, he must that... like catalog 
th- like things that people say to him like that. He's like, "Ooh, I like that. I'll use that." <laughs> he, he just goes to Bangor Park and watches pe- people watch. Uh, Speaking yeah, of- I feel like maybe he was trying to quit smoking when he wrote this. <laughs> the uh, um, it's on the second page, like because I couldn't remember, like I said, what happened at the beginning, but. He had just had a hunch, which uh, you would probably call the shine. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it would, if it wasn't then, it is now. <laughs> Page two. Uh, doesn't he do a whole thing where he talks about his hunches and he doesn't ignore them? Well, that's later on when he's talking about how he got Charlie. Oh, that's when he ran home just a little bit too late. Right. Yeah. Um. So it says he went to the bank because he got a hunch and then it turns out he had no account there anymore. Everything disappeared and and that's when he knew. And he happened to Charlie was in class this time so he happened to get there just in time but they were like possibly he's like, how yeah, close I did think, it? Half an I hour? We, 15 minutes? <laughs> well we talked about that a little bit and then we stopped. Like Okay, so he just drove randomly west on the turnpike, hoping he'd run into him, and after an hour, he did. Oh. No, 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 that no, seems... I'm talking about the first time. Or, I'm sorry, the second time, but the, at the beginning of the book. Oh, wait, when they're on foot? Yeah, because he's at the bank, finds out that he has no account there anymore, and then goes to the school and thinks that she's not going to be there because of what happened the first time. But she is there, and then that's when they go on the run, I guess, to the airport. Oh, I must get my wires crossed. I thought that was referencing the first first time, <laughs> the previous time on the timeline, <laughs> the Vicky one, the Vicky kidnapping. How about that? Uh, okay. So then they really were comfortable in New York, almost too comfortable. Well, he says something later on about, like, my biggest mistake was just thinking they would forget about us. I'm like, yeah. I did see, I, I'm pretty sure I highlighted that somewhere. Like, yeah, that's that. Uh, and that's what happens to everybody. You, the time starts to pass and you get, uh, you know, you can't stay on edge all the time forever. You just can't. And they only have to get lucky once, but you have to get lucky every time. Uh, if you're on the run, not, you know, you. <laughs> Well, get lucky. Yeah, they only have to get lucky once. You have, besides, say you'd have you have to be a hundred percent careful at all times. Mm-hmm. The second you go to ninety nine, you're going to get caught. <laughs> and the longer you go without getting caught, without seeing anything, you know, to make you think that they even know where you are, the more comfortable you're going to get, and the more you're going to let your guard down. Yep. You know. Next thing you know. Uh, you know, men in black are uh, standing on the farm pointing guns at you. Um, so, yeah, this was, he actually, so Wanless's whole speech was um, not a good one, I guess is the way to say that. Which one? When he's older? The one where he says, uh, kill them. If you don't, the world's going to blow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, like two things. So this guy's a monster. And then, well, is he? Because <laughs> if she can crack the world in half, uh, I don't know that she needs to. I don't know that he's wrong. I got to tell you. 
Well, how how would he know that? What does he know about anything? Well, I don't think I guess, he does. I think he's just speculating. I guess that's the point. I mean, her powers are still developing. I think they established that. So the older she gets, the what does he say? Uh, imagine having, you know, going through puberty and having this to deal with. <laughs> imagine how emotional puberty is and being able to do that. Uh, so it's it's growing. I I mean, the, I guess I would say the more she uses it, the, the better she would get at controlling it, which is, I think, the point Vicky was making. Andy was like, nope, doesn't exist. Hide it. Don't want nothing to do with it. And Vicky was like, no, we got to teach her to use it or she's never... It, I don't remember the exact argument, but uh, I think I'm with Vicky. You can't pretend it's not there. I'm just now realizing I'm that there's an episode of Charmed that was probably influenced by this book. Because <laughs> that same thing happens. Like a kid who's a fire starter, and he doesn't know how to use it, and there's one parent who's split one way and then the other, and of course it ends up backfiring, so then the witches have to come in and teach him how to use the power. <laughs> wow, that's not even subtle. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Wait, I- is it? Is it a fire? Is it a wait? What does he call it? Pyrokinesis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the same with Frozen, but with ice. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. Except Disney, you're not allowed to have your real parents, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can have one sometimes. That's true. One no. either dies at the beginning or before the uh, timeline starts. <laughs> Frozen is oh no they locked her away because she was freezing everybody isn't that what happened something like that yeah like they didn't want her powers to get out of control so they were like just don't use it just hide it it's fine right and sing a lot of songs (laughs) um I like how they call him the Mad Doctor. And then Andy's like, can you stop calling him that, please? Like, well, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a psych experiment. And, you, and I don't know. I wonder how much $200 was in 1980. I guess it was a good bit. You got to feel like, I mean, I'm sure it happens all the time where you, kids don't, people don't question the studies they're in, but it's like, why would you be getting paid so much? What are they doing? Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, and I think I remember that when I was a kid. It was something like this where you could get paid to, like, new drugs that were coming out. You could be in the test group, and they would pay you to, like, try it to see what it did to you, basically. <laughs> uh, but I never, I never actually, I think somebody gave me a phone number, but I never actually, I was like, I never decided I wanted to be the guinea pig. Uh, there, I, oh, no. I don't remember how much it was, but it wasn't enough for I was like, oh, well, I'm going to risk that, you know. <laughs> and that's what I feel. I don't feel like the 200 is, was enough to take some drug that they, I think they admitted, like, we have no idea. So good luck. Was it? I don't really remember, but like, did they just swallow it? Did they ingest it? Or was it like injected? They into put it in the uh, drip or something, didn't they? Oh, that's right. I think. So and Vicky were like in the beds next to each other and then shit just started getting weird. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that scene. That was, that was, uh, I will wait till I get to it. But, uh, like when they basically 
both start tripping and then they that he kept referencing like the the bunch of white lab coats suddenly around the one guy and all you could see was like the one bloody hand sticking up. Yeah. Yes. You ever see like uh what is it, the Evil Dead cover? Uh-huh. Something with the, oh, with the yeah. hand sticking up kind of reminded me of that, like trying to break through. Uh that was that was a great visual. Uh, I forgot all about it. And he references it like three times. And, that, and the whole time, I like the way, because the whole time, like, what are you talking about? Not, I, and you were high. Shut up. That didn't happen. So, uh, and the whole time, he's like, well, wait, did it happen? Or are they right? So yeah. I, I like the way you're not real sure if he's just, it was a really good drug or if, uh, like, something, I mean, it's Stephen King, so, you know, at some point, probably something untoward happened, but you're, is it? The whole the, the way he builds the uh, the mystery of it. Yes. I agree. Well, yeah, I like how um, at the end of the experiment, they're asking them the questions like, "Oh, how do you feel about this? How was this reaction for you?" And he said, um, "You know, these were the questions that I would be asking too, but I feel like this is all a wall of smoke. Like nothing is right here, and they're trying to make it be." Yeah, I feel like all those questions didn't even matter. Yeah, they they didn't really care what he said. They just wanted him to answer them, like to see where he was at. Like when you go to a what is it, a job interview, and you do the why do you want to work here? It, it doesn't matter what you say, it's how you say it, something like that. Well, I think it's kind. I mean, if you, why do you want to work here? Because I need the money. I don't think they want that as an answer, <laughs> even though well, that. Well, I, yeah, I mean, they're definitely wrong answer, but you, know, you don't have to overthink it. I guess. Um, do you guys know about psychology people like Skinner and them? And uh, like Freud and the difference between the, the people, like the one, uh, the one point he says he's a rat man and a Skinner man, a behaviorist. So uh, I know Skinner was a behaviorist, but I don't know who the rat man is. Oh um, no, I didn't catch that. I don't know. Why do they call him the man doctor? Well, he's a rat man and a Skinner man, both a behaviorist. <laughs> the behaviorists are not exactly being overwhelmed with love these days. So I. And I like how he made up, like, no, not CIA, DIA, NSA. <laughs> wait, wait, is it DIA? He made it up like a department that the shop works for. I don't think it was a real, it was like the Bureau of Internal Associations or something. Like, I don't remember. DIA. What's a DIA? Is that real? DIA? Defense CIA, NDS? Not CIA, DIA, or NSA? Quentin. DIA is Defense Intelligence Agency, I'm pretty sure. Oh, so that's a real one. I that sounds know. important. <laughs> um, okay. And moving on. He, um, so he meets Vicky. He keeps remembering, so it's hard to get the uh, the timeline straight. I'm like, wait, I thought I was in the present, and then I was like, Vicky responded. I was like, oh wait, so I'm in the past. 
Uh, okay, so they get in the car, they go to Albany. I like the scene, and I don't think that was in the first movie with the guy that got his shoes lit on fire. Yeah. Uh, I also like the detail that, like, we can we hear we see his perspective, and I'm like, he's not really a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why it happened, right? She I, heard him. Well, I was I was thinking that, but like, she almost lit her dad on fire too. So it's like I don't know that it really works like that. I oh, think yeah. it's like yeah. anyone who she has she sees as a bad person or she sees as getting in her way maybe because she almost lit her dad on fire when she was in the middle of kind of like losing control of everything and trying to protect him and that's but I don't you think know, she, what made her stop maybe she could have to go to that part but like I don't think she could well actually she probably has a hunt so maybe she knew it without knowing it I love yeah. having hunts for someone Jeez. yeah uh, hey, well, she lit her mom on fire, so <laughs> that's true. Uh, it, yeah, was, yeah, didn't Andy have like, like he started getting hot in his clothes or something? He's like, Charlie, stop it. Yeah, that part was kind of funny. <laughs> I did, and I'm still, I still don't catch it when it happens where it's like, he's like, yeah, it started getting really hot. And then I'm like, oh, it just must be the temperature. And then it's like, oh, it's not the temperature. And I'm like, every time, it still surprises me. I'm like, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, every time. Like, and he just kind of throws it out there, you know. Oh, it's getting hot in here, past the salt. And you're like, whoa, right. wait a minute. Wait. Right. Uh, is that a thing? Is it, you know, every, yeah, every time it's getting hot, it's a thing. It's not a warm summer day. <laughs> um. Andy sounds like uh, his migraines the way I do. I was I thinking that. It was perfect. Yeah, but what were we reading before where he was talking about something and we were like, obviously Stephen King's never had a real migraine. It was uh, 11-22-63, I'm pretty sure. But we were saying like, I don't know, like he, I don't, it, I don't know. He was able to, he spoke as though he didn't get them, but he still kind of described it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's I thought there was one point where we were like, no, that's that's not not me. But then there was another point where he nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Later on with Sadie and, and maybe Johnny or something. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah, so he and I don't I didn't remember that. I just remembered that like I thought he was using it too much and that's why he was getting headaches and, and uh, uh, I don't know, dying or well, he's all fucked up all the time, I guess you'd say. Uh, but it was more of a he has to recharge. So as long as he waits in between, he's okay. Like a, you know, like using your phone before it's full, I guess you'd say. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's he started to make it seem like at the end, like it didn't, like there were some just permanent damage or it didn't matter how long he recharged. That too. That was uh kind of scary. <laughs> so, but like the left, like his face was starting to get paralyzed. Yeah. I think it was, maybe the eye was drooping and he couldn't move his cheek or something, and like he had a stroke or something. Like, oh, that's not. Yeah, you need to stop using that. Like now. That, of course, that's easy for me to say because you know I'm not in the shop. 
I feel like he's uh, telling me to use that again. Did I talk? What? I started, I started reading some of the next chapter. I can't remember. So when two, when in the box ends, are they in the box? Uh, no. They they had just been, or Charlie at least had just been shot with um, like a dark dart. Right. Got but, it. What was all the fuss about? Listen to it. What was all the fuss about? Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that guy die. I didn't like that. Guy. I don't like um, Rainbird and his obsession with Charlie. I'm like that is the weirdest shit. <laughs> Rainbird. It's predatory though. Well, I. I mean, that's the wrong word. Uh, <laughs> well, there's no. He, uh, I mean, he's a serial killer, or maybe not. Or I mass murder. You're or saying. Something. It's more in like fascination than it is like, I want to kill this little girl. But he's right. It's still... more like interest in her powers, maybe, and how to like not control her in the way that the shop wants to control her, but understand her. But. When I said predatory, I meant like in a non-PG kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> like no sexual intent behind it. Right. <laughs> but um, doesn't, I mean, I guess it makes it better, but like it's just still, it, like uh, before, I don't remember exactly when it was, but the chapter where he's talking about what he thinks it's like for a little girl to die, or he's just like, I am going to find out and she shall be mine. And I'm like, whoa, what the heck? This guy is, is on another level. Like, all these people are crazy. Yes. <laughs> but he killed the... Uh, wait, was he remembering killing somebody or did he kill somebody? He I killed Thomas. killed somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and he said something like, just like always... He's... He was... he. I, I think I, he's trying to capture the moment of death and see the soul leave the body. I think that's what he's trying to do. That's that's his fascination. He wants to see the separation, the moment that like the life ends and the soul, if it's there, leaves. Yeah. So I'm not sure how that transfers to Charlie because he's a whole different. I, I don't know. He, I, I know that I'm pretty sure that's his fascination. I think he just has no feeling and is looking for something to probably make him feel anything. <laughs> I think he's wondering if he's going to hell. Or maybe that's why he's looking for uh, <laughs> to see if there's anything out there. He, I mean, he, no, he's not a nice guy. Uh, no. I mean, he's a uh, He's the Iceman, you know that guy? Uh, so like, I don't know, a couple hundred people for the mile. Oh. Uh, <laughs> George uh, something. There's a show about him too. Might be next one. Uh, but so, I mean, he's a murderer. He, he's getting paid by a company and his job is to kill people. So he's not a nice guy. And it seems like him and like there's something underlying between him and Cap that uh, isn't being said. Something underlined? Yeah, like there's a history there that that uh, 
I don't know. Maybe it's just that they need each other, but they don't like each other. <laughs> I don't think Rainbird needs Cap at all. I think Rainbird's above Cap, and he doesn't even realize it. <laughs> Cap doesn't realize, or Rainbird doesn't realize. Rain Cap doesn't realize it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, how did Rainbird get all this information about like the Lot Six trials and Andy and Charlie and? Like, who, what contacts does he have that he has access to all this information? Uh, right, what's his day job? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because he just basically says, don't worry about it. I know what I know. I think, to me, what that read as is uh, clearly Cap has, like, you know, lost everything and uh is not taking it well but i don't feel like he was a great guy before anyway but regardless yeah. um he you know i think he just felt i mean he even says like he just felt like immediately offended that rainbird could think he could make any demand from him he's like who do you think you are <laughs> yeah rainbird is like uh cool buddy but i'm going to do what i want anyway so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like that was cute. Now let me tell you how it's really gonna work. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the questions were detailed. Many of them were the questions Andy himself would have asked. So why did he feel have the feeling they were all window dressed? I also forgot about Ralph, <laughs> Ralph Baxter. What? A, what? Like I the isn't that the army guy or whatever that he talks to, and then like. It's like, oh, he was never there. And then it's like, wait, was he there or not? <laughs> oh, yeah. See, yeah. That's what I was talking about. Ralph Baxter. Mm -hmm. That think of the stand. It does. Is that his name? Is that, isn't there a Ralph? Isn't There's he one a of Ralph, them? but I don't remember his last name. And I wonder if that's like a Patrick Hockstetter situation. Oh, it's funny that he brought that. I wonder why he likes that name so much. It's not even like, Great. I mean, <laughs> it's not even, and they're not, um, like the the it Hockstetter. Let's say he didn't die. There's no way in hell he becomes the Hockstetter in Firestarter. So it's two completely different character types, I guess I would say. Yeah, he wrote it after this, right? Yeah. Yeah, like I'm, I think he there. just really liked the name and wanted to use it again. He was just like, oh, or he couldn't think of another name. <laughs> I can do what I want now. Let's see if anybody notices it. <laughs> not knowing where that was going to lead. That was before. I can tell you, moment. most people have not. <laughs> I don't. Rem well, I read Firestar at first, so I definitely don't remember his name when I went to it because that. I mean, Exactly. Nothing really existed outside of it when I was reading. <laughs> and he does a lot of the the char like Charlie's like, I wish I did run in front of the cars. Like, can you imagine like I said earlier, just being Charlie? Like like she's an accidental monster and she knows it. And like she Yeah. She shouldn't be alive. She doesn't. Sometimes she doesn't want to be alive. She doesn't want this burden, which is what it is. But no, I guess it always will be a burden. I don't even. Think. I really liked the uh, um, 
like I mean it's a weird analogy but like when he was talking about how they were tra- probably training her from such a young age to to not do that and like likening it to potty training uh you know stuff like that and like you know that's a like really good point like there are things that are just you know ingrained in you from such a young age for you to feel you know certain ways about including shameful about like I never think about it like that <laughs> is that what predators do <sighs> yeah <laughs> but there can be good training too uh, yeah I yeah. mean right though that's the same technique <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, I mean, I couldn't imagine pooping in my pants at this point. Well, it made me think, like, this might be a, a TMI, but I was at a show once, like, before, and there was a really long line, and I was like, I cannot wait. So I'm going to try to go, like, in a bottle in my car, just, like, in the back seat. It'll be fine. Like, I'll be covered. Nobody will be able to see me. And I was covered and nobody could see me. And I could not for the life of me make myself do it. Like, I felt like I was in pain because I had to go so badly and it still wouldn't happen. And I was like, F you, why? Uh, I, no, I never had those problems. It's a little easier, but uh, I didn't have like crowd anxiety. If I had to go, I didn't, didn't care. Um, yeah, it's hard to pee on a car. Anyway, you talked to Matt, but different time. <laughs> Forgot I was podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, what the hell was our point? Why were we talking about peeing? Oh, uh, well, just talking about well, because uh, talking about how oh, the train is going to like it's a weird, I don't know, a weird situation. Like she, she should probably feel a certain way about it, but like maybe not because the only way for her to be able to control it is to use it and and grow with it yeah i mean how does she not um blow herself up when she's a baby i uh, yeah i don't know i mean, I mean maybe. kind of almost did she lit her hair on fire right so if they have like a baby with like give you know I you know like when she gets mad now is what I don't know what is she eight or ten or something like she has her little temper tantrums and you know the town lights on fire. Can you imagine being an infant where you're just learning emotions and you're screaming your head off because you pooped your pants or you want some food? That emotion would like when she gets emotional, fire goes places. So the emotions are, are that much more intense as, as a baby, and I, I just don't I don't see how you would have lived through it. I don't remember, but had she has she set herself on fire in the past, or has it only been people around her? She set her like they got up one night because she was crying and her hair was on fire. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, oh yeah, in the crib. Yeah, but that it they made it seem like that was the only time that happened, and she was fairly young during that so i wonder if maybe like the power keeps growing as she gets older so it wasn't strong enough to hurt her when she was that young maybe That's or like she didn't light herself even, on fire necessarily yeah like but even when you're on fire, maybe, but maybe, yeah. 
even when you're a kid, you still have a sense of self-preservation. Well, yeah. As a baby, though, you, I mean, I guess. Um, sorry, real quick. It was not Ralph Baxter in the stand. It was Ralph Brentner. Oh, see? It was close, though. Don't forget, Ralph Roberts is also uh, in Insomnia. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's my favorite Ralph. <laughs> um. Okay, I I just God, their childhood must have been like you would live in a fireproof suit. <laughs> all your all your clothes with like doesn't she say something like are you? Doesn't she ask him if he's scared of her or something? <laughs> or, or he's having a monologue, an internal monologue, talking about being scared of his daughter. Or is there a com- Is that in the book? And maybe it's in. I think I remember something about that. Something like that. So, yeah. I, well, so anyway, how could you not be scared of her? I get she's your daughter, but holy crap, she could like light your ass on fire any minute. Just because, just from, do you ever see the Twilight Zone episode where a uh, kid can do anything he want and everybody does um, what he tells them because he can like turn them into a pumpkin anytime he wants? No. Well, it's a lot like that. Everybody's always like smiling when he's near them and and trying to make them happy because they're afraid what he's going to do to them. Yeah. That's kind of the way I see it. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm starting to think I might be team oneless on this one. I don't get the feeling though that they're trying to like appease her, like like she's like, oh, I'm gonna start a fire. <laughs> well, and I mean, I guess that's not what you're saying per se. But... Well, it's not at that point, but it could be if she wanted it to, you know. Like, they if if she really wanted to, uh, you know, get me that bike, or I'm gonna light you on fire. They're. And if she like followed through, like that's that's a pretty goddamn powerful uh, power if she has, if she wants it to be. Um, but so far she's very timid about it. Like I, I don't know. Like let's, let's you ever see? Uh, I'm doing a lot of uh, analogies with movies today. <laughs> um, the evil Superman. Brightburn. Yeah. Yeah. That's a terrifying movie just because just imagine if Superman wasn't Mr. Perfect and it wasn't a great guy. Yeah. It could be so much worse. It's like if if she grew up and like Charlie's an asshole, she could cause a lot of havoc. Yeah, but it's not like like none of them asked for this to happen to her. <laughs> yeah. Well, that doesn't make it less dangerous. <laughs> I think his love for her overweighs any fear and like he probably thinks that she could kill him at any moment but it doesn't matter because he's her father and he's gonna do what he can to protect her while he's alive <laughs> yeah he kind of has a feel like he's on borrowed time anyway like I, uh, and I yeah. think he feels like his timeline's ending so like if it happens it happens I think it's where he's at no, well, I, I shouldn't say that because there is a part where he says what would happen to Charlie. I think it's like a, it's like almost bittersweet because at least like it would be over for him because I'm sure things have been hard for a long time now. But like, again, his 
desire to protect and care for Charlie overweighs any of those other feelings. Yeah. He always has those unexpected names. A girl named Charlie, a guy named uh, Barbie. Uh, <laughs> another one. I don't think it's that weird. Well, I just said unexpected. That was Charlie's a lot more normal now than it was when I first read. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, <laughs> um, one of my favorite people. What is he? What is Barbie in? Under the Dome. Oh. Did you forget that? I only read it once, like 10 years ago. He's the uh, the army guy that's inside. Oh, okay. Colonel uh, Dale Barbara, I think his name is. And they call him Barbara. Something like that. That's the story for another day. A test subject clawing his eyes out, someone screaming that she wished she were dead. Being dead would be better than this, even if it meant going to hell and burning there for eternity. Wow. Uh, that's pretty bad. Someone else going into cardiac arrest and then being bundled out of sight with chilling professionalism. Um, and that's all the stuff you're like, not even sure if that happened. Yeah. He uh, walked up to the big double doors and tried them. I wonder. Oh, this is when he's when. This is when he goes back. This is when he goes back. I think. Yeah. 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 I was just thinking about it. I wonder because on the questionnaire that they had to fill out in order to take part in the trial, he, because I was wondering why Vicky and Andy seemed to be two of the ones that lasted the longest in the trial, meaning like they haven't tried to, well, Vicky was killed and well, Andy hasn't tried to kill himself. And one of the questions was if they had ever taken a psychedelic before and he lied and put no. So I wonder if because he had taken something, he had almost better control of it versus someone who actually hadn't and was just losing their mind. Like, okay, like someone that had never done acid got their drink spiked and wouldn't know what the hell was going as opposed yeah. to someone who had done it before, got to drink spike, we go, hey, why is this happening? But they know what it is. I guess it would be much more uh, terrifying if you know a uh, reference point to understand what was happening. Um, and maybe that's why they were clawing their eyes out. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wouldn't put it past them to have the drips not have been random because remember they're supposed to be like the saline as well yeah well they told them that six would get saline and six would get the drug but they all got the drug oh that's right oh did they i remember that so Mm -hmm. then 
it almost feels like it, if they were going to give it to them all anyway, that they just, I guess maybe no one else had done psychedelics before. Like right. maybe if you put yes on the questionnaire, you wouldn't have been chosen. Yeah, maybe. That's interesting. Um, I don't think it would have mattered. I think they just wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> Once they got, I like when the, he goes back in and the guy's like, I uh, left my watch in there. He's like, what do you say? Just one quick look. And the guy was like, I can't do that. He's like, uh, sure you can I'll just take a look and then I'll be out of your way you want to remember I was here right and he's like yeah go on <laughs> take your time I probably won't even remember you're here <laughs> he has such a uh, cool uh, power it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, the way he delivers it it's, it's, it makes me kind of laugh he's like sure no big deal I can go in there right he's like oh sure no big deal go in there like he, they repeat exactly what he says <laughs> but it, it can also be so terrifying because I didn't. They mentioned at one point about how the one, um, it was DS, the one agent was in a coma for six months because he just walked up to him and he said, Sleep. And he didn't oh say God, like, how know. long to sleep. He didn't say when to wake up or anything. He was just like, Sleep. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. uh, yeah. So you need to, uh, you know, he probably didn't care at that point, but you give him a little direction if you don't want him to sleep forever. And I ha- I kind of had to laugh at that part, too, because they were like, yeah, now even if you say sleep around him, he'll just, like, drop to the floor. I <laughs> uh, you know. You can't even have a conversation with that guy. You got to be real careful. Yeah. Yeah. Was... He, what did they say? Like, you drop? Yeah, it would be, he could be out for, like, uh, an hour or the whole day. Nope, no way. Nope. <laughs> He's the comma-shaped blood that gives the whole experience legitimacy. Let's know that it really happened. I mean, it's over the hall. Oh, anybody know who this Jason Gearney guy is? He's a real person, or you just make that name? I don't know. The uh, the hall where they go. Mm-hmm. He's the, where the psychology department is. I know what you're talking about, but I still don't know. <laughs> right. Okay. Um. Sure. I feel like I forgot how. What did they change on the chart that scared him more than anything else? What do you mean? Trying to find the part. I I highlighted the fact that the chart had been changed somehow scared him more than anything else. Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. When they when he went back the part that had the handprint. Uh, because it was proving that it was a cover up, almost. Right. What did they change? That's what I, was, I can't remember. Well, it was, I think the one that got the blood on it was like a close up of the brain and the different parts of it. And then they yeah. changed it to one that was like the anatomy of the human body. Right. Oh, okay. So they took away the brain and they like just threw that on it. Yeah. It does say the plate, the man, the naked man with his skin played away and his organs labeled. Yeah. Um, 
guess the chunks are going to work. It really has. Um, okay, so I mean, they go. So they go to Albany. The guy. What was the guy doing? Like threatening to beat his girlfriend or something? I don't know exactly what he was. He wasn't a nice guy. And I didn't feel bad for him. Uh, funny because if he wasn't such an asshole, none of that would ever happen. And how did they track him to Albany? Did, we, did they even say that? They just kind of showed up at the airport. Just in case. It was on one of them hunches, wasn't it? Maybe. Did they get hunches? I think they're allowed to. Hunches going on. Although he drove to Albany for what a dollar, that's not a bad deal. <laughs> that poor guy, he was like, "Don't that's the don't tell me, I'll tell you guy." Or he's uh, tell my house girlfriend was gonna be so excited when he got home and told her about that. He's gonna take her out and uh, have a night on the town. It's like, oh well, you're not gonna get to do it. Yeah, I was a little confused later though when they brought that guy back up because they confiscated the one dollar bill from him and then when like when cap touched it he was like whoa hold it what did i just see and he was able to see what the driver saw and i feel like let me see if i can find it i think they mentioned the girlfriend too two yeah there's at least two people that saw it for a second um, I was a little surprised by that because that means somehow like I just thought he was changing something in their mind when he made them see the like $500 bill and not the, the $5 bill but that means he's changing the matter itself on the bill right that kind of makes it all different like that's a whole another uh to say ball of wax or whatever. It does, he, I mean... He's altering matter. Like, that's a much more uh, powerful power. I'm a magnetomechanic. Or I mean, Zane. I mean, it would have to be that, like, unless he's trying to say that, like, the push is so powerful that it is able to convince other people who have been told by the person that was convinced by originally <laughs> oh uh like six degrees of the push <laughs> um I, it does seem like a stretch i mean i guess that's an, another possibility that's not that so what would that mean so if the but like he pushed them and then they're pushing the next person without realizing it because they've been pushed. Right. I can almost see that, like a little residual push. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a better explanation than he's changing the matter of the $5 bill. Especially considering the other people that he affected, like it seemed to be within their mind that it was the issue, not anything like around them. Yeah. 
yeah, it does seem to be mental somehow, but I wasn't sure how. Yeah, maybe it's power suggestion times 50. Power suggestion, maybe it's like he places a thought either in your brain or on an object, too. So I just, I did just find it. Um, so they're talking about the bill. Um, Christ, I don't know what I saw. Cap said and reached for the ceramic box where he kept his acid neutralizers for a second. It didn't look like a $1 bill at all, but now it does. Cap peered at the bill. It sure does. That's George all Christ. He sat back so sad, so violently this time that he almost wrapped the back of his head on the dark wood paneling behind the desk. He looked at Al. The face seemed to change for a second there. Grew glasses or something. Is it a trick? Um, and then, like, on the next page, for me, at least. Yeah, said Al. Whatever it is, the effect is dissipating. This morning, it showed. I showed it to maybe six people. A couple of them thought they saw something, but not like that cab driver and the girl he lives with. So, it, like, he pushed the cab driver so hard that oh, I guess the effect was strongest with him. And because the girl was strongly associated with the cab driver, she saw it as well, like, permanently. Well, it definitely yeah. feels like, like the power of suggestion. So it's like the more that the, people put belief in something, the more real it makes it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it still sounds like a residual push. Mm -hmm. Like he pushed her him so hard that when they get near him, they're getting little pushes. Right. The whole family of pushes. Which is a better name for that. Although I haven't thought of one. But... Mind control? Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Manchurian candidate. <laughs> yeah, imagine if Andy was a bad guy. He could be like, can can yeah. he push remotely or does he have like could he be watching TV and like tell someone that you know like naked gun kill the queen? <laughs> or does he have to be in you know the same physical area as the person being pushed? If, if Andy was like a bright burn, uh, he would be running the world. I guess he's technically more powerful than Charlie, but I don't know no, about that. Charlie, no, no, no. Charlie can do that. Fire is only one of the things she can do. She can do right. all the things she can do, too. Yeah. But she's just figuring that out. So, yeah, I guess the double. Yeah, she could be running the world if she wanted to. Because she can pretty much do anything she wants. And if you don't like it, she'll burn you. <laughs> like, yes, she's a fire starter, but that's only, I feel like that's only part of a bigger picture for her. Right. Um, I like, I was just flipping through the part where uh, she burnt her teddy bear because <laughs> she tripped on it and she turned around and he like felt the ball of heat go past him. Oh, yeah. I really like that description of like it's building and it's building and it's building. So I have to send it somewhere. Like, yeah. Yeah. He says the toilet or the bathtub or something. Mm-hmm. Did they keep like a bathtub full of water? I like how they're like, there's nothing wrong with Charlie, but uh, fire extinguishers started appearing in every room. 
Just say it. Do it. Fire extinguishers had appeared silently, undiscussed, with almost the same stealth as dandelions appear during that period when spring and summer overlap. <laughs> uh, and then he has this internal like argument with himself because he has to yell at her for burning the bear, but he doesn't want to yell at her. So he's like, I have to scar her. I have to burn a scar on her soul. I'm like, yeah, yeah, change word. It's so awful though because like they just like i know he's trying to do the right thing but this whole back and forth is not good for her psyche like yeah well i mean as a parent you have to yell at your kids you know sometimes so they're like their job is to test the boundaries your job is to tell them where those are so but with her everything's like <laughs> so magnified like every little thing is a much bigger deal yeah, but that uh, I'm not. So yeah, parenting discipline obviously is necessary, but like to do that and then to say, okay, I know I said you should never do this, but just do it this one more time, and and, and another time. Oh, and and another time, please. Oh, but and maybe more. Like, but then never do it again. But just this one more time. <laughs> what does uh uh who are the Irv Manders? Somebody says. He's like, I'll never do it again. It's yeah. like God wants to make liars out of absolutes or something like that. <laughs> and even Andy's like, well, let's not go with never. That's that's um, it's, it's, you know, let's just leave the door open even a little bit. Yeah, but but at the same time, he's like, don't ever do that. But oh, don't say never. But because you never know. Because <laughs> he keeps going, I'm never doing that again. And like it, even like oh, the whole scene far I've made it there yet. But he, like it got out of control. Like she, he was like, "All right, fuck it," or no, he didn't even give her permission. She just started doing it, didn't she? Uh, I think I don't remember. Because the, oh, the guy like bum rushed him or something, and she was like, "Burn!" And then yeah. like once it was out, everybody burned. And then she couldn't stop herself, and she burned like half his his chicken coop or something, and something else. Yeah. It was like burning chicken, flaming chickens running around. I was actually laughing. Like I could just hear them like clucking and, and flapping. Actually, I guess that's kind of sad. They're fake chickens. They don't really care. Uh, and then he talks about how she's been wearing the, the, the red pants and the green blouse for like a week. And like, oh, geez, I didn't think about I that. I know. Yeah. Uh, Go get a shower somewhere. Um, and what made him think? So they go to uh, uh, what's his name? The guy's house. His grandfather. I can't think of the name. The name of the scene. He calls him Grand there. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, CG. Um, <laughs> why did he think they would be safer? I was thinking the same thing, especially because he owns the house. It's not even like distant relatives owns it. It's in his name. <laughs> and those old men at that store were such classic Stephen King. I was in love with them. I like, know. <laughs> yeah, like, what, what are they doing over there? Oh, they're getting this off. They must have been up to something. Like, they're sitting there talking about him as, like, he's walking across the lake to them. And then he's just like, hey, how you doing? 
<laughs> uh, like they were, uh, you know, straight out of Stephen King novels, as it were. Um, they were like such classic small town, you know, Judgy McJuggersons. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we saw them in real life. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, they were, I don't think they were Judgy, but uh, they might have. The people at the gift shop? Oh. Oh, 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 yes. They were judging. <laughs> they were, yeah. Yeah, I guess that just proved that he didn't make it all up, you know? Like, well, he got it from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what he's up to. That guy, he never opens it at all. Yeah, there was a, a local gift shop where they were just, uh, you know, very, um, very willing to talk to strangers about their neighbors. <laughs> yeah, we were asking about a different store that we had been to. It, it, it was during, well, it was like at the, it was last summer. So it was like during COVID, but not like when it first started. So when COVID hit, he closed up and he hadn't like opened up yet. And then he started doing appointment only. And they were talking about how they didn't like him not opening his store all the time, basically, right? Yeah. They were like, oh, that guy's never there. He just does whatever he wants. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> why do you care about that? Right. How dare he? I don't do whatever right. I want. He doesn't know what running a business means. <laughs> He's a newcomer. He's been here like 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he says that in the book, doesn't he? They, they talk about someone who has only been there for 12 years, so what did he know? <laughs> uh, I think when old men are talking about Andy, similar. or maybe it's a store owner, like, but he'd only been there for 12 years. Um, but I, I don't like the farm was his grandfather's. Did he not think they were going to make that connection? And also, what was he going to do? Wasn't the car broken? Like, how in the world were they going to walk that far? What the hell is a Gillies or Gillies? That thing he was driving. I have no idea what that is. Is that yeah, a car? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I felt know. Like he was driving a tractor down the side of the road or something. <laughs> well, they're like, even that won't make it down that road. Like it was some kind of supercar or something. I don't. I didn't care enough to look it up. He said it was a jeep, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's that fits the way I was picturing it. Yeah. Um. Oh, my cat. cat's drinking Cremora. That is that is coffee. It's kind of funny, like you can. There's parts of this book, I guess, more than any other. You can tell, like, he wrote it a long time ago. Uh, because some of the references, it's like, what? And, or, like, that wouldn't happen. I agree. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I even remember saying he started going into something about, um, I don't know if it was some scandal or something that happened in the 80s or the 70s. And I just remember I said it to Matt even because I was reading near him at the time. And I was like, why do we care about this? And he was like, it was probably really important at the time. Like, it was probably really relevant. It, like, it just happened. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. right. <laughs> I mean, you know, political he can get. So it was probably something that was an issue. Right. <laughs> at the time. So they do have, okay. Uh, 12 people have been tested. Two of them died. One during a test. 
one shortly afterward. Two went hopelessly insane. Both of them were maimed. What is a hopefully insane? <laughs> right? Yeah, is that a thing? Well, he's insane, but it might not last forever. <laughs> There's still hope. Uh, one blind, one suffering from psychotic paralysis. Is that a thing? Uh, isn't that kind of what the sleep guy suffers from? <laughs> sleep paralysis, I guess. Psychotic paralysis. None. Because it's in his brain, like it's a brain trigger. So it's like a psychotic paralysis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sounds like an oxymoron. But, um, um, anyway, they're both at the Maui compound where they would remain until their miserable lives end. Well, I mean, there are worse places to be. But... That's what I was thinking. Well, at least it's the Maui compound and not the <laughs> Siberian gulags. But who knows what the compound looks like? Well, that's true. So, yeah, they definitely, like I was saying earlier, have other people in other places. It does seem crazy, though, that they wouldn't just, like, clearly they don't mind killing people. So what purpose did, are these all experiments gone wrong? <laughs> well, I mean, in 1980, like, this that was right after, or a couple of years after Vietnam, so, like, nobody trusted the government. So I think he's just taking his mistrust of clandestine government stuff to another level. Yeah. Um, I follow along, like, you know, there's plenty more conspiracy theories nowadays. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. Uh, but, so then, there, yeah, every Dean Koontz book starts with some shady government guy chasing him. <laughs> uh, so then there were eight. One of them had died in a car accident. Uh, there was almost certainly no accident with suicide. I don't think I would choose that way. Right. Another had leaped from the roof of the Cleveland Post Office. There was no question about that one. There was a note saying he couldn't stand the pictures in his head any longer. Right? So that was six. They diagnosed that as a lot, lethal lot six hangover. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I wish there was a better name for lot six. Um, three others committed suicide, so they all killed themselves so far, right? All right, two uh, went insane. What page and, are you on? Uh, seventy-nine on mine. Are we on the same? I think. How many so. pages of yours? Oh yeah, remember I said four hundred. I was off by a hundred. I got I got four ninety-eight. Oh, then never mind, because I have 401. Oh, so you were 400. So that wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong. So, so the one I, I always buy the big paperback, so they seem to be more pages. And you think they'd be less. <laughs> like I bought Salem's Lot, too, at, uh, you know, that used bookstore up the street, and it's uh, 650. I thought that was like 500. <laughs> um, so anyway, on mine, it's, it's the, if I can back it up to Longmont, Virginia, the shop. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now I found it, yeah. Um, da, 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 da. So two went insane. Four killed themselves. Wait, wasn't that, I'm sorry, one blind, one suffering from psychotic paralysis. That sounds exactly like what he did to those two agents. <laughs> 
you know, yeah, if they just had sleep paralysis, it would be exactly <laughs> what we did to those two agents. Well, he didn't maim them, so I don't know how. What, yeah, I feel like the maiming and the blinding are related. I'm not sure about the maiming and the psychotic paralysis, but well, I think to me, I read that as that's the maiming, the blinding. Yeah, that's true. We don't know how to read psychotic paralysis. Right, I don't know how you maim somebody and they're psychotically paralyzed for the rest of their life. Anyway, sorry. Um, so yeah. So if all those people had not lied on their application. I guess that's why the two are hopelessly insane, right? Well, again, it seems interesting that they would keep them alive and not just kill them. What purpose does that serve? Maybe to see if there are any long-term effects with Lot 6. True. That's true. Because it's still a study. Yeah. So we get down to six people and then three more committed suicide. Oh, um, that leaves three. So everyone committed suicide except Andy, Vicky, or went insane. But, and some guy who was just like living, it. wasn't the one guy like perfectly normal? Right. Uh, I think James so. Richardson, there he is. He had uh, demonstrated the same. Uh, oh, he had, he could push people. But they disappeared when the drug wore off. Wait, how long does the drug take to wear off? What does um, that mean? They weren't like stoned anymore? Oh, so he had the, the 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 McGee thing, as they call it, at first, and then uh, it just it wore off, and they never saw it again. Yeah. So it also could mean that there's something in like the in Andy and Vicky's like DNA or genetics that the the substance is able to cling on to and create an actual mutation and then that's obviously why Charlie was born with the same mutation <laughs> yeah but it Thank didn't bond reason. with like James Richardson I like how he implies that after Wanos's stroke he's like seeing more clearly and it wasn't until after the stroke that he decided that she needed to die well, I did have that thought where I'm like, so if these some of these men hadn't just like had terrible lives and fixated on people for no reason, like could they have been okay? <laughs> but that happens in real life too, because you look at people. Uh, oh god, I forgot his name, Harry Anderson. <laughs> Who's that? Which one? The the one who like basically started the war on drugs. Isn't that his name? Something Anderson. Oh, Anslinger. Anslinger, right. Yeah, Harry Anderson is the judge from Night Court. That's the way <laughs> I like that guy. But like, um, if he hadn't been so miserable with his own life and so obsessed with hurting the like, you know, drug users and stuff like that, then maybe all his initiative never may have gotten started. <laughs> um. So my point yeah. was, it's again, it's not a far stretch to believe that these. 
men, people in power who just get fixated are able to get what they want because they're obsessed about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's been proven over and over again. (laughs) I mean, the Illuminati runs everything anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Steinowitz is a weirdly named guy. It was a weird name for like a super assassin guy. <laughs> it's hard to. Maybe I'm just. Maybe it's just my internal bias. So. Uh, and and I, I started to like him. I was like, hey, this guy doesn't like play around. And then he was dead. His face melted off or something. It's pretty. I kind of want to get to it. Yeah, the the whole I have to say uh, the the cap parts where they kept going to the shop for thirty pages, I just like basically wanted to get through them. I didn't really care about them. Yeah, I agree. It was like, all right, come on, like yes, yes, like there's a shop and they're doing this, and I get back to him. Like that, I need thirty pages of cap. Well, I guess it was background for the shop stuff, like wait, like where him and where Steinowitz comes in and he's like, hey, uh, uh, go take care of this because it's been a clusterfuck. And he's like, all right, we're on it. Like, he's, he's uh, you're he's doing it again. Pulp, between Pulp Fiction, like, bring him the wolf. Like, that, that's what um, uh, Steinowitz is. Like, when, you, when shit gets fucked up and you need someone to clean it all up. Uh-huh. So I... I thought he was gonna uh, be around a little longer, uh, but I was just starting to like him. I kind of liked OJ too. Or <laughs> wait, Er or what's his name? James Jameson wasn't that Or? Orville, I thought. Was it Orville? Because isn't that OJ's actual name? No, Orenthal. And maybe it was Orville then. Um, I kind of liked him too, like. Not as people, but as like character. Mm-hmm. Um, I know after that scene happened where all those people died, I was like, "Wait, Cap! Oh, damn! I thought he was one. I got confused. I thought I wanted him to be dead so badly." <laughs> who? I thought Cap was like Steinowitz, uh, something like that. Like I got confused the first time I read it, and so I went back and reread, it, and I was like, "Damn it! He's still alive. He wasn't there." <laughs> no, but I feel like. All signs point to uh, it's not going to end well for him. Of course not. Rainbird, I'm not sure. I feel like he's a crafty little motherfucker. Might make it out. Yeah, I agree. But I, that, like, I, I mean, I think we all know where this is going. Like, they're going to do something, and Charlie's going to make her escape plan and like blow the place Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be a question of who lives and who dies. Yeah, I mean, Dad's not living for sure. <laughs> I don't think so. And he's probably going to do like, I mean, that being said, I've read this, but it's been probably 20 years. So I don't really remember the details. Who lives, like, uh, who lives in, I don't really remember this book much at all, except for like vague impressions. So I don't actually know how it ends without reading. Nice. So, uh, but I think I, I would say there's 
no way in hell Andy lives at this point because no. <laughs> all the like little signs that he's throwing out there are about how Andy's health is failing. Right. So yeah. There's going to be some grand gesture where like he saves Charlie but kills himself or something like that. That's the way I'm um, which is like it's like hopefully she has a real friend by that point <laughs> yeah I mean I mean if not she she's has, gonna lose control when he dies that's true I could see that being an ending where like he sacrifices himself to save her she like snaps and kills everyone and then just walks off and tries to figure out her life yeah <laughs> I like the uh, the Damon experiment. Like you can leave anytime you want if you pee in your pants. Yeah, that's uh, what I was talking about. Yeah, and the and that were like uh, most of them couldn't, even though they were told they could. Like I don't know if I could. I mean, I guess I could. I don't know what's in it for me. <laughs> I just think psychologically, I never thought about the fact that I'm sure, like, like I'm not, <laughs> I don't always have that problem. Like, I've definitely, you know, I've been fine before in the past, but like, I'm sure a lot of that comes from, you know, being told as a child that like, you, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> like, if you have any kind of shyness in that regard. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Society's a powerful thing. I, uh, like I said I couldn't imagine like pooping in my pants, even though I spent years doing that. <laughs> Life was free then. I cried and I got fed. Um, yeah, they're talking about the experiments. I that the first time I read that, uh. Wanos is like, hey, uh, can you imagine when she's like matures and she can just create a nuclear explosion by thinking about one? <laughs> My God. When you when you say stuff like that, then the shop makes sense. Because if they can control that, you can't fuck with them. And there's no way they're not going to try to, you know, uh, figure out how to militarize her. Oh, 100%. As I said, it's about warfare more than anything. Defense. Like, <laughs> yeah. It reminds me very much of the Passage series. <laughs> I, uh, did that, they never made a season two for that, did they? Uh, no, but it wasn't that great anyway. But, but that's how that started too. It was a government experiment gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was okay. <laughs> I didn't read it. Obviously, the books are always better. Oh, the books were so good. This the show did no justice at all. That sucks. I hate when that happens. <laughs> well, they put their own vision on it. Well, then call it something else. <laughs> right, like especially <laughs> if it's the first version of something. <laughs> well, yeah. You're if you're remaking a remake, then. Maybe you can put your own spin on it, but it's the first edition of uh, 
a movie or TV show that anyone's ever seen like any character. <laughs> Especially because like what happened is it's like if you're trying to convince everybody that it's a really good series and then the show is like man you know like well that's not what the book is like at all <laughs> well, i mean i watched it because he told me to and i was like i like the idea but it didn't come off that great right exactly point proven <laughs> yeah um anyway sorry <laughs> right Remake book's always better well, remakes don't always suck. I like some. Of, I like that like Stephen King's more popular than ever. So some of those old movies that were, I would say, not that great are getting redone and seem way. At least the graphics are way better. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree absolutely. I still. I mean, I'm not sure which it I like better. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm still kind of leaning towards the first one. I think. I think that they're good for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like Tim Curry as Pennywise, but I'm not sure about that Pennywise. See, I can't even... I guess the only reason why I might agree with that is because of the laughing nature of Pennywise in the book. Like, he's always joking and making fun of them and, like, like, having a good time, it seems like. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was saying. I never saw Skarsgård as funny. Like, where Tim Curry, I did. You could see it at first. But that or being said, as a regular clown, I guess. It's not like Skarsgård is like over the top, too creepy. You know what I mean? Like he does a really good job too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not taking. No, I love him. That's pretty yeah. much. I think Tim Curry brought across the lighter side of Pennywise better, and Skarsgård brought the terrifying side. Right, which I think is kind of appropriate considering the effects differences in the movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, they, they, I like them both. We'll watch them all. Six hours. Uh, Rainbird is the one human being I ever met who doesn't push air in front of him when he walks. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting statement. Well, apparently, he's very stealthy for a guy who's what almost seven foot tall. He's huge. Imagine how terrifying that would be. <laughs> Oh, yeah. he's got one eye and an eye patch. Um, wait, he has an eye patch. he's got an eye patch in the movie. Does he wear? No, he doesn't. Does he wear he it? I know he only has one eye. I don't know if he has an eye patch. I don't remember. I like how he I says the, he the ravine where his eye used to be. <laughs> or no, wait, there, his left eye was gone. There was nothing where it had been but a ravine. <laughs> right. So the fact that you could see that. <laughs> Like they described it, I think <laughs> he doesn't wear an eye patch. I mean, definitely more intimidating. Right? We thought we we we, we he, he's doing some of his social commentary here on Vietnam. I I I often think captive. We fought the war in Vietnam not to win, but to perform feats of technology. We fought it in order to create the cheap digital wristwatch, the home ping pong game that's up to your TV, uh, which is Pong, I'm pretty sure, right? The pocket calculator. I look at my new wristwatch in the dark of night and it tells me I'm closer to death second by second. That's good news. That's interesting. I don't know that I'm ever going to look at my watch again. (laughs) 
Uh, so yeah, I think he's commenting on Vietnam there without a doubt. Uh, he did a lot of that. But uh, it's an interesting way to look at it. It tells me I'm closer to death second by second. Okay. He definitely like has a fascination with death where it's like he wants to die, but he wants to be sure that his soul is going to carry on if he does die. <laughs> Considering the things he's done he uh, should almost be hoping there is no afterlife. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's probably uh, extremely narcissistic, so he believes that he has to carry on. <laughs> I mean, we all believe that at some core. Right? Yeah, but I mean, you don't have the, the mindset of somebody who would just, you know, take human life for no reason right, well, continuously. <laughs> I mean, not that you know. I uh, hope not. <laughs> well, I can tell you, but I'd have to go. Uh, it, yeah, it's almost like, yeah, they're all going to die, but I'll be okay. It's the way he sees it. Mm-hmm. Because I think he just thinks that everybody's beneath him. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it kind of proved that, I mean, information is power. Everybody's beneath you if you know enough about them or... Yeah, I agree. You know, the, the only way to avoid that is to not have secrets. What was I watching last night? He was killing people by exposing their secrets. Uh, James Wan, Netflix. There's someone inside your house. Is it a movie? Yeah. He would like expose their deepest, darkest secrets and then kill them. So everyone. So they so the, they had a party where they were telling everyone their secrets, so he couldn't kill anybody. It was kind of interesting. Oh, but why? I don't get what the secret has to do with killing them. I I don't know exactly. He was he didn't. Uh, I guess I, I don't know if he because if he he would expose their secrets, like. And then at the end of exposing their secret, he would kill. So I don't know. I guess they weren't supposed to have secrets. Okay, yeah. Sure. So I guess if there's nothing, but he, I sure it's a movie. I'm like, why wouldn't you just kill him anyway? <laughs> I mean, right. So, but uh, I thought it was, it was like it was kind of a funny take on it. I was like, well, you're gonna kill me because of my secrets? Check this out. I'm telling everybody everything I know about me. I mean, that's the whole premise of Saw. <laughs> Sword. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a different level. Uh, <laughs> there was nothing feel good about Saul, that's for sure. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, he tells her to push it at the water and all that. So I'm thinking they must have, like, <clears throat> like if I was them, I would have kept, like, a bathtub full of water wherever I went. Or not, or maybe not wherever I went, but <laughs> wherever we lived, I guess is what I meant. Uh, and Grantler is only like it's it, like this. I was actually like he had me sucked in because I was like, oh, okay. So they go to Grantler's farm and they spend the winter there and they're doing normal things as much as they can. And he goes to the store, but nobody's there. They're all right. They've been there for months. They, like if they're if they're coming, they're not there yet. And then it turned out they were there the whole time. <laughs> they were just walking. Them. And I think the guy that. Bought 
something only bought it because they were watching them. I don't remember what it was. Wait, what? Oh, bought. You're talking about the store? Didn't they like buy a store or something? Because yeah, they bought the Bradford Exchange, that which is oh, where the, old, the store where the old men were. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They bought that just to keep an eye on them, and because they figured if he was going to go up there, then that's where he would need to buy supplies from. Yeah, and his whole it just shows you how he let his guard down because he mailed them from the fucking mailbox them letters. All five of them. Like, right. everybody knows you mail each one from a different mailbox. I mean, I think I know that was the plan by the end, but I'm all like, you handle those letters. <laughs> like, he should have just gone. I mean, I know he was on the run, but like, he should have done that when he was in New York. <laughs> yeah. What, like, anonymously? I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because they're like, Who's going to believe you if you just run into the office and be like, the government's trying to kill me? <laughs> right. Well, maybe if he pushes the letter before he sends it, does that work? Well, he could have. Like, hey, yeah. You believe me. Like, he should write at the top. You believe me when you read this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he could. Like, I don't I don't. I guess I no mean, answer he, that, but like, he could, like, go to the letter, like, look at the letter, but, like, People like be persuasive, or I don't, I don't know what you said. But. I mean, like we said, he was not using any logic to begin with because he never should have gone there. Yeah, and but you know, he had to go somewhere, he couldn't just run aimlessly with no money and steal money out of phone booths everywhere they went. Like, how long is that going to last? And that's yeah. leaving a trail anyway. Like, they're all they're going to do is follow the phone booths. I mean, I know it's a rock and a hard place, but like you literally <laughs> sitting ducks. Like, yeah, like that part you said where he wait, he had to do so. Oh, he um, what? He was letting his guard down. Um, Uh, he, he made the mistake of thinking they would just give up. That's the other part you said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, but he he had he had a conversation with himself while they were there. He's like, you know that's not how this is going to end. You know they're not going to give up. You know you have to do something. But he, well, he, he couldn't just run blindly. He had to like gather himself for a minute. So he, he, yeah, it's a rock and a hard place. There was no good answer to that. But I don't think spending the the three four months at the cabin was the answer go there for a week and get get the hell out because i think they were on i don't know if they were on a cabin right away but they were definitely there not too much longer after uh they got there or even like one of i think it was cap that said like they could have gotten letters out and talked to the news in the confusion after the the farm incident <laughs> right um yeah and like you said why wasn't he just sending like well they were in New York just living their lives. And we'll put the shop back on to. I don't did we figure that out. I don't remember if that was ever revealed. Yeah, I don't think Maybe. it's yet. Uh I think it was Charlie. Something with Charlie. It, yeah, it might have been mentioned in one of those remembering sections. Like when they took Charlie, I think it might have said what happened there. Oh. I, I don't know, uh, but um, 
proud of Sam. They they definitely shouldn't have spent the winter at the park. And this was Vermont, not Maine, but I feel like well, maybe they had to spend the winter there because we know what Maine's like in the winter. You don't do too much traveling. Yeah. Especially if they didn't have a vehicle that could handle it. Well, that's what are you supposed to do? Go out and freeze to death? Well, what was that was my what was the plan when they were leaving to begin with? Did like I thought the vehicle wasn't working, so they're just gonna keep walking? They were just running when they left. I mean, they had to get the hell out of the farm because the cops were showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but could I mean, okay. So couldn't he have like pushed Irv's farm or couldn't he have pushed Granther's cabin, say, to make people who go near it not realize they're there? I don't think he realizes he can do that. I'm saying, can he do that? Shouldn't he have? I, I don't know. Try. I don't know if he can. Yeah, I don't know like, if he can push objects like that. I, I don't think he's. Although the five dollar bill like kind of changes everything. Right. But like uh, he's he's never around the people he pushes long enough to see the long term effects. <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> So I think he doesn't realize like how powerful it can be and how many people can affect other than just the person he's pushing. I don't think, yeah, I don't think he realized what he's doing to not only other people, but also himself, or he's starting to. Well, he's starting to realize what he's doing to himself. Yeah. But yeah, like, I don't think he has any clue when he told that guy to go to sleep that he was going to be in a coma for six months. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't think that would, at that point, you know, that guy was kidnapping his daughter, so I don't think he would have cared if he had it. Um, Amber Ray Knowles, that name's familiar to me too. Um, um, uh, Nick, Nick's the guy that punched him in the face. Wasn't his name? Yeah, Ray? and that's what I was thinking. I was going to say the stand too, but I think it, that's Ray Soames, isn't it? Maybe that's what I'm thinking. I think it's Soames, like S O A M E S. Yeah, I was gonna look But again, as soon as I read that name, I was like, oh, that's the guy that punched Nick. I did the same exact thing you did. <laughs> Weird. Um, the guy with the ring. Yeah. Um, like, as soon as you said it, I was like, wait a second, Ray, Ray, Ray. I saw like Nick's face, like Rob Lowe almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the new Nick, the old Nick. <laughs> right. I never connected with the new Nick. I didn't get to know that guy. Um, so, yeah. Well, in my book, they're at the farm now. I wanted to talk about the farm a little bit, but I don't know. I guess we kind of covered it because it was such a cool scene. Like, that was the mid-book confrontation Mm-hmm. To show what he can do, so I'm just imagining the end book confrontation is going to be that much more uh, dramatic. Yeah, and it was really satisfying too. Like after finishing that confrontation, I was like, Woo-hoo! like it felt like I was watching a movie, like an action movie. <laughs> yeah, like that was almost the end. 
like if this was if it could have called this a novella and ended it right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then, and then this is like, yeah, and I didn't stop it there on purpose. I just kind of worked out that way. I just went halfway through the book. All right, mid chapter, end of the chapter, fuck. So and I didn't realize when I picked it, like that it was actually like the halfway point of it was the transition point for the story where they go from on the run to in the box. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, so now now they're captured, so we have to see what happens with that. Now that they've finally got both of them. Yeah, and it was very satisfying. And I think Ur <laughs> got shot, but I think he basically lives, but lived, right? Um, I don't remember because who knows what they did afterward, the shop and the cleaners. I mean, I like how, uh, what's her name? What's her wife's name? And she's like, just, just get the hell out of here. Take your, take your horrible power and go or something. She's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Norma. Norma. Yeah. I, I don't blame her for that. Not even a little bit. But like Norma was the one that would say the things that like I was thinking, but nobody in the book would say to me. <laughs> what you have is so horrible. People, she it would it would be real hard for her to have friends. Put it that way, she would have a bunch of people that were nice to her, but I don't know that she would have any actual friends. Well, they do live on a big farm in the middle of nowhere, so. <laughs> well, I meant Charlie. Uh, oh, oh, oh! <laughs> I meant normal. No, I don't know if she has friends or not. I feel like. It would be a lot easier for her than Charlie. Um, but but then, I mean, it was, I'm glad she like blew all them people up in the cars and stuff and chickens were running around on fire. But then it was like, okay, cops coming. Start running again. Like you didn't, you didn't really get much of a reprieve there. I got a couple hours out of it. Right. Like... I, I think she got a shower at least. So then it's like, oh, running again. DSI. The shop is really the DSI, Department of Scientific Intelligence. <laughs> That's the one he made up. Yeah. Because we all know there's no governmental scientific intelligence. <laughs> so the shop was named after the weapon shop of this car, which I never... I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know who the author is. I must have missed that reference in 1980. Because usually when he mentions the book, I didn't pick it up. But like how he tells... Uh... <laughs> so he tells Irv basically the truth. And Irv's like, okay, you're bad shit. Time to go. <laughs> and uh, he's like, she can light fires. And Irv's like, well, so can I. Like, give me a match. <laughs> he's like, no, 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 no. She can do it by thinking about it. And he's like, oh. Right, and I can, you know, call the queen or something, yeah. <laughs> but that was funny, like, well, she can light fires. Well, so can I. That's not a power. <laughs> like, oh, and then, of course, Irv comes around. They, wait, why did, what made Irv believe him? Charlie did something, didn't she? She didn't light a fire, but she made it, the temperature go up or something. Um... And then Irv was like, oh, whoa, uh, okay. Yeah, and then, he like sensed them coming or something and started freaking out. He did out. that too. Like she can, I was just reading that. She can, uh, 
you know, part of her overall power. It seems like she can sense when they're close before anybody else can, if they anybody else even can at all. But I think that's part of how they keep getting like away in the nick of time because between Andy and her, they could they like both kind of sense when shit's about to go down. Although I think for Andy, it's a lot closer. Uh, sometimes he doesn't get the hunch of time. I guess is what I'd say. He seems to have more forewarning when when she's the one doing it. Uh, but that's probably how they stayed on the run this long. It doesn't even start. That's why they start. They were oh yeah, they were leaving the cabin for good because he started getting the hunch again. Isn't that what happened? Yeah. Even yeah. though they were too late at that point. Yeah, and like they had been being watched the whole time and nothing from the hunch of that, huh? Not even from Charlie. How did Charlie not know they were out there? Weren't they like just posted up across the woods? Yeah, because he found the guy's like deer stand. Yeah, it does seem a little like like reverse. Well, I guess it's still Deus Ex Machina, even if it doesn't help the protagonist, but it's like she's been able to be ahead of them the whole time up until this moment where they happen to get captured. <laughs> yeah, they got caught a little too easy after not being able to get caught at all. <laughs> That's what I was saying like in the beginning. Like, well, hell, they could have done that at the farm, just shot them with some tranquilizers from far away. Yeah, I mean, they could have when they were taking surveillance photos. <laughs> Yeah, and if they had just rolled up instead of having a conversation and approaching them when they were told not to, if they if they had just shot when they got out of the car without asking any questions, they would have been tranquilized. Yep. Nothing anybody could have done to stop it. <laughs> that they wanted to talk to them and they got their ass lit on fire for it. <laughs> but yeah, because they were, I, I mean, I guess that's part of the underestimating or not understanding what she could do, because I don't think they... But I, I think they talk about they, they didn't realize she could burn the whole goddamn farm down. They knew she could start fires. But yeah. They know. But they should have because Wanless and Cap talk about all the stuff she can do, or maybe they just didn't realize it yet. Maybe Wanless was more of a she will be able to do this stuff, not she can do it right now. Well, I don't like, think. Why, why didn't that information leak down to the people that were on the farm and needed to know? Maybe. I don't think there really was any evidence of what she's capable of at that point. Like, they know about some of the small reports of her starting fires at home and stuff, but, like, she hasn't been tested like this. Yeah, I think it was... Oh. She spent the night at a friend's house or something, and they didn't know where she was, so they moved in. Oh, that's right, right, right. So they were watching him the whole time, and then they got scared because they thought that that the McGee's got yeah. scared. Well, they weren't watching him very well, first of all. She went to a friend's house, and they didn't know it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was that stupid misunderstanding that put him on. To, well, not put him on to him, but made him act. So they were they were always so. I guess this would have happened at some point, no matter what. Because at some point, she would have let the fire out, especially when she started becoming a moody teenager. Exactly. Yeah. Like I think their goal was always to have control of her. <laughs> well, I think their goal was to see if she could still do it, because 
there was only, well, she was the only one of her kind. She was an offspring of two lot six. Mm -hmm. So there was no one else in the world that was that. And her parents were the only two, well, two of the only three that were alive. And think as far as they knew, didn't have any abilities. Who? The parents? I'm not sure if that's true. because They talk about Andy doing low-grade psychology for his patients, but was that... Did they know that the whole time, or did they know that after? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I got the impression they were more watching Charlie than anything else. Yeah, so they were never going to stop watching Charlie, because she was the only one of her kind. And her parents were two of the only three that were alive. Yeah. And I think they were just waiting for everyone to kill themselves. That's what everyone else did. <laughs> Al Stein with his face caught on fire. <laughs> the moment he was all there, screaming silently under a transparent call of flame, and then his features were blending, merging, and moving like tallow. What tallow? That like I picture like taffy or something. Picture what? Taffy, like goo taffy, like your face turning into, well, you know, your face getting melty and running down. <laughs> That's what running like tallow. Yeah, I remembered that for some reason. Al, Al Steinowitz got his face melted. I think Irv just exploded. Did he? Irv? Or. Oh. All right. OJ. Yeah. As he likes to be called. Yeah, I think uh, he just got scared and ran. Oh, yes, because really he's still he's one of the people that interferes the letter, intercepts the letter. Oh yeah. right. Oh good. I forgot he was still alive. That means he can die in a much horrible way later on. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, right here. He's running through the woods. I got it. Right after the farm. And then he gets arrived. I don't know why. Like, why do we need a paragraph on OJ escaping? Do we need to know he's alive? Like, yeah, because I feel like he doesn't matter anymore almost. It's all rain birds. That cat down, right? I no, I agree. Gonna, I think something's going to happen with him because we come back to him because uh, he was one of the guys that intercepted the mailman. OJ intercepted the mailman? Yeah, that's what I said. He intercepted the letters. Yeah. yeah. So he... Yeah. I do agree with what you're saying, though, that because uh, my... I didn't remember that he was still alive either. I thought he had burned at the farm. And then when we were... I was reading something like when we were doing the podcast, and I was like, oh, wait, he was there for the letters. <laughs> yeah. I like how the mailman's all insulted. I thought, you can't do that. Like, yeah, I think uh, we've moved off the uh, civil rights uh, conversation. I feel like that was uh, that's one of those, like, Stephen King met a mailman <laughs> right. and remembered a conversation. Like, let him try to take the mail from me. Yeah, like, yeah, because he probably was mailing a check or something. Like, How secure is this? <laughs> um. Okay, I don't know. I think that's about it, right? They blow up at the farm and they go to uh, the house, live there for three months, and um, get tranquilized. 
Yeah. Now we got it. Now it's gone to Rainbird. I think Rainbird. That, is, one question uh, I have, real quick, is what does Rainbird mean? Like, is he just talking about threatened or physical force when he says you might need me if her dad doesn't work? I will say that I think I know what he's talking about, but I don't know that you know that yet. Okay, so it's it's meant to be vague because I'm like, what is he implying there? <laughs> he's implying his action plan. Okay. For Charlie, and you'll find that out pretty quick in the first couple of pages. So. <laughs> um, so I'll just leave it at that. I'm not gonna say that. Um. But I think, yeah, we're gonna be heavy on the rainbird. Not, I don't remember what Andy does in the shop, so I'm interested to see how that's gonna go. Like, why? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, there's a whole half of the book left, but why? You know, couldn't Andy just push somebody into like unlocking all the doors? And them walking out. Couldn't Charlie push somebody? In Are they not drugged? Wasn't that the whole point? Well, you can't do much with them if you're keeping them drugged all the time, right? Well, and will that work? I mean, you would have to keep her in a coma. To, like, am yeah, I? I don't know about anymore? Charlie. I do kind of follow the logic for Andy because it's like. If you are able to manipulate his own will, then he won't ever try to hurt to push anyone. <laughs> yeah, and Andy's. I mean, I don't know that they know, uh, they even know he can still do it. No, they do. Yeah, yeah they do. Because of the dollar bill. So his ability seems very limited to do that. So I don't know that, if they know that, but I would say they're probably not as worried about it. And he's only alive because Charlie wants him to be. <laughs> like they, they said they would have killed him, but then they were like, well, if we want her to cooperate, we're probably going to need it. Yeah. Because um, I think, doesn't Cap say at some point that uh, vanquish them? I like how he says, like, vanquish instead of kill them. Sanction. It's sanctioned. Sanctioned. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, they need to be wellness. Like, they need to be sanctioned. Uh, no, that's, no, sanctions aren't that uh, bad uh, <laughs> the way I understand. But, uh, <laughs> like, you know, you can't go outside for a week as a sanction. Right. Well, um, it's a government euphemism. <laughs> right. So the, the plan has changed. Now they need to be sanctioned. Cap says that, I think. Too. Or he says that. Uh, Mama says it and Cap says it. Because he, he tells Steinowitz, maybe, that now they need to sanction Andy. I think it was. I think so. Um, so, yeah. Andy's totally expendable, except for the fact that they need Charlie. I think it became kind of clear after the farm incident that if anyone tries to hurt her dad, she's going to go crazy. Yeah. So how's that going to go? Because um, he's not just going to put up with it. Right? Or maybe they just keep him fucking half conscious the whole time. Like, well, he's here, but, you know. And I can imagine she's going to be like, I want to see my dad or fuck you. Like, I got nothing, I got nothing for you. Bring my dad in here now. <laughs> and if you do that and he's all drugged up, that's not going to, you know. 
she's not going to well, be very cooperative. If I if I remember and or understood correctly, I think the plan is to convince Andy that like Charlie wants to do things that they want her to do, so that like she thinks it's fine. Oh, like tell her it's okay. Like don't ever do it again except for this time. Well, like, because they talked about giving him Thorazine, which is like to, to be able to, you know, um, suppress your, um, I don't know what the word is, but basically it makes you more suggestible. It makes um, you a zombie. It makes you like, bleh, whatever. It makes you not care. Thorazine's like a, a tranquilizer. Isn't that, is it Thorazine? Um, or maybe it was one of the, I don't remember. They gave to the patients to stop the mad doctor guy from giving lobotomies. What was his name? In, uh, um, in lore, not in this book. Yeah, and I don't remember. <laughs> but was it Thorazine? That's what I'm saying. I don't know what drug it was. No, the game of the tea. Um, so yeah, it's like a super tranquilizer, but it doesn't necessarily. It doesn't like knock you out. It's just, I don't. Know, I guess we'll find out because I. I don't know. I've never taken it. So I can't well, they mentioned. Enough. I don't remember exactly what. But I just remember thinking, getting the impression that, like, they're going to try to, like, obvious, Charlie's not going to do anything without Andy's okay. So they need to make Andy say okay and make Charlie believe it. <laughs> yeah. There were three methods of containment, right? What were the three methods of containment? The biggest fuck up since the Bay of Pigs. <laughs> you guys even know what that is? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Took history classes. <laughs> yeah, it's before my time, but it was much closer to the timeline that I learned it in school. Um, okay, I mean, I guess I'm good. What do you guys got, Avery? I think that's oh. it. Um, all right, so. Two weeks in the same room, right? Say that again. Two weeks, what? Everybody in the same room. Yeah, definitely. Um. Okay, I mean, that's all I got on part one. I'm excited to see uh, where this where this goes. Yeah, me too. It's uh it's also the yeah. fastest one I've ever done. <laughs> Yeah, like when we got that extra week, like you said, I was like, I was like all into it. Like I, I read a, like I didn't want to get too far ahead, so I didn't uh, like do what I what happened with the witching hour, but I didn't know what to talk about. <laughs> uh, but I got, I didn't, I kind of didn't want to stop. I was like, oh, like so I read a couple pages, like to see what was going on, like <laughs> like what happened next, you know, the classic. Thing. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. I think Rainbird's gonna. I think I'm really gonna hate that guy by the end. <laughs> I think he's gonna do some shit that's really gonna piss me off. Um, okay, two weeks. So yeah, we'll see you then. Um, and the podcast. Everybody say bye. 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 bye.